Hey, William, let me make you the speaker too. Hey, brother. Hey, how are you? I want to say Happy New Year, but it, I, I just don't feel it. You know what I mean? I don't know about you. I'm just like, ah. Oh, I feel it. Happy New Year. Oh, no. In, you know, I, I'm the strong believer is that in the, even in the most difficult time, right. you should uh, stay positive. And, uh, uh, you know, that, that's just me. So, uh, no, Happy New Year to you, too. And uh, yeah, that's why I was asking you earlier about, you know, exactly what's your current situation where when you said you know you are in some kind of a high risk uh, situation and yeah. uh, now i understand it's more of a due to your medical conditions and uh and the living arrangement currently so hopefully you know things will get better for the, for this year you know well i stay engaged and embattled let's put it this way you know nice. I, I always fight fight i Always fighting the predator class. I can't call them elite. We can call them elite predators, uh, perhaps. <laughs> but I, can't just call them yeah. elite. I totally hear you. I totally hear you. I like it. Yeah. I, I I like it because uh, no, I would never paint any group of people or any race as you know, with a broad brush, right? We just want to point out the predatory practice by anyone, by any group, by, you know, whether it's a religion, whether it's a political, whether it's a ethnicity. And, uh, you know, we kind of want to point it out. And uh, regardless, you know, so, yeah. Hey, bro, there's a lot of reparations the British colony in the United States got to do. If you think about the wealth that's been extracted around the world by the British colony and the United States industrial Military industrial congressional complex. We have to get the whole. The whole oh, yeah. Hey, you talk about the organized crime, you know, absolutely. Oh, yeah. the, the, the slavery is an organized crime, you know, and whether there yeah. should be a payback or not, it's a, you know, because I'm not a victim of a slavery, you know, I'm just reading the, what's the law in the book. And, uh, you know, it's like, you know, if there's a no statute of limitation on murderers, uh, our mothers, yeah. and, you know, slavery is organized crime that has this, this still is prosecutable, you know. And but then again, you know, once again, because I'm not, I I do not belong to that group of uh, the victims or the beneficiary of the slavery, so I'm not going to you know jump into that. Uh, but it's up to others who are impacted to discuss that, right? So, well, I go a bit further. You know, we can look at slavery. We can. Go. We look at the genocide of the American Indian, you know. But oh, yep, yeah, true. Go ahead. Then we got to consider when I say the British Empire, their imperialism. You know, when Trump would really upset me when Trump uses the phrase "shithole countries" because those are countries rich in resources and 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 beautiful people who were basically based on the doctrine of discovery that we talked about, Pope Nicholas V gave full right for the Western Europeans to basically take slaves, to plunder resources. In other words, might is right under the Catholic Church, and there's uh, whatever you want to call it. There, I I don't even know what to call it. The, the the well, let's put it this way: the Catholic Church was started in 313 A.D. and by Constantine, right, Emperor of Rome. Uh, 
in the Edict of Milan and ratified in the Council of Nicaea 325 BD. So this was not, and they persecuted the Christians and the Muslims all over the world. Do you follow me? Um, yes. Uh, you know, the Crusades and the, and the Inquisitions. Of course, history is written by the victors, so, you know, it's going to portray them as conquerors. But what they were was exactly what they've always been. They're just working with the the crown uh, of, of the Western European crown and now the United States, which is an extension, you know? Yep. Yep. Uh, totally. And this yep. is what's the reality of things. So when I say reparations, that's what I mean. I'm looking at like people who, well, God, where do we, where does it start? Where does it end? I mean, I don't know that it's, and, and what I suggest people say, where are you going to get that money from taxes? No, you go to the top 1%. And you extract it from them in international courts for the crimes against humanity, like you said. Yes. Around the world. Yes. Actually, you know what, William, we are so on the same page. Hi, Amanda. Happy New Year. Uh, and uh, thank you for joining me uh, on my first show episode in 2023. And uh, I'm going to invite you, you know, for the speaker, too. So, yeah, William, I mean, what you just said actually is exactly what I want to talk about today you know it does not show when I, why i want to talk about a whiter christmas right? uh, i i said you know because i felt like i said before i attended the uh, uh villanova university which is a catholic uh, university uh -huh. it's also william like you said there's a two branches of a uh, catholics one is the jesuits right the other mm -hmm. is the saint augustine if mm -hmm. i'm I'm not expert in this. To correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, so man. Villanova is the St. Augustine uh, mm -hmm. College. Okay. So, so back when I was graduating, I think I spent three years there. I have I have a lot of uh, Catholic uh, uh, classmates, and they will ask me, "So how come, Peter, you don't want to convert yourself to become a believer?" In, in a, I I you know I've been very honest, and I said. Uh, I have observed, uh, you know, the police when the police who killed um on black people are yeah. usually Catholic, yeah. and uh, and then the, the those who go out to protest this kind of unjustified killing are usually Baptist or you know Methodist or you know basically. So I see a segregated Christianity, yeah. right? So so you know that's why I said, is there a whiter Christmas or regularly yeah. white <laughs> Christmas, right? Because Christmas is about born of the birth of a Jesus Christ, right? Right. So, you know, again, you know, as you can tell, I'm always looking at things from a slightly different angle. So well, listen, just real quick, let me jump in. I, I went to Fordham my first year, so we got the eternal battle set up here, the Jesuit versus St. <laughs> Peter's. <laughs> Not that no, I'm just joking, because I got out of Fordham after my first year, went to URI, and I've been fighting the church ever since. So, okay. anyway. So, basically... You know, again, I'm not even into the religion. So, you know, I'm very lay person kind, right? So, yeah. so that's what I'm talking about is that, you know, I'm going to look back, you know, the, the reason I want to talk about why this a whiter Christmas concept is this. When I was back in China in the 1980, you know, the China just gets started. The government decided to, okay, we have to reform ourselves. We cannot be so backwards, primitive anymore. So we're going to open up the country. You know, not like the COVID open up. It's basically politically 
we cannot be isolated. You know, uh, in the seven, 1979, the U.S. and China established formal diplomatic relationship. And the, Ch the Chinese government stopped opening up by culturally speaking to the Western world. So what's that represent? A whole influx of uh, popular music, both from Western world and Hong Kong and Taiwan, Japan. Uh, I don't think South Korea is that hot that, that, uh, that back then. But mostly importantly, most important things is classical mu music from Europe, European classical music, right? It's not rap. Okay? Back then, there's no concept of what the rap music is. It's Western music, classical music. Among them, there will be Tchaikovsky. Of course, there's a lot of great British composers, German composers, you name it. Uh, I think a Hungarian composer, all these classical music. Well, one of the big thing is the Nutcrackers. So it was always under my impression that Russian music are Western music. Russia is considered a, a European country. Okay, back then the the beef of the Chinese government, you know, you know, as you know, the Nixon, I talk about this triangulation of white powers in one of my episode. But Nixon saw a rift between Soviet Union and Communist China, so he stepped in and say, let's normalize the relationship with China to triangulate the three powers. So it's a brilliant move. And uh, but going back to this is that back then the beef. China had with Soviet Union is that China is always considered Soviet Union a European country and China is upset that Soviet Union is so dominant in the Pacific coast area also and uh, and uh, and the, the bottom is this Russian is always considered by the Chinese as white people there's nothing wrong about it you know, they are, they are culturally speaking, they're just way more European. And we also, as we all know, since the fall of the Soviet Union, uh, the Russians, the Russian government, including Boris Yeltsin, uh, Gorbachev and, uh, and Putin, they all want to be closer to the Europe. They did all they can do to please the European Union and all that. Uh, and they go so far as to want to join the NATO, right? So they want to be a member of the white nations. And there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not, you know, and as you probably heard recently, that Putin recently apologized to the Russian people, the Russian general public, that he personally had been so foolish enough to believe that the Western, the West is going to accept Russia as, as a European country. Okay. So, so, so as we know, the, one of the big events in 2022 is the Ukraine war, right? We I actually consider that it's the uh, third world war, world war three. And uh, the bottom line is that you, Ukraine will be accept, admitted as a European Union and a NATO country, and uh, Russia will not be. And uh, after the uh, start of the war in February 2024, everything in Russia from Russia is banned, including 
sports person, including musicians, of course, including the Nutcrackers. As I vividly remember, Nutcrackers, you know, I listen to it. I love it. I know it's a ballet show. I did not, I'm not into ballet, but I think the music is very festival and yada, yada, yada. Right. And I have listened to other Tchaikovsky uh, pieces and you know, they're very European. I have never felt anything non-white about classical music from Russia. So to me, as it seems to me now, is that to the West, Russian is not white enough. As you know, Russia is in a cold country and Christmas is all about cold weather, snows. Oh, by the way, I, I had a very, very nice, uh, uh, take a very nice photo of this uh, white lady in Key West, very warmest place in the U.S. Okay, during Christmas, I saw this white lady. He had a little show. He went to this uh, Christmas tree in Key West. He wrapped herself in a gigantic inflatable plastic bubble, and there's a lot of little snow-like uh, white. Confettis, I guess it's called. In that, imagine there's a big round globe, plastic, inflatable, inflated. And she dressed up in this uh, red Christmas dress. In this see-through plastic, huge inflatable bubble, sitting right, uh, standing right, dancing right next to this Christmas tree with a pound, two pound trees right next to it. It's a typical <laughs> Key West Christmas. Nothing wrong with it. I like a white Christmas. Okay, I have no, no objection. It was, it's, it was beautiful. Okay, but going back to is this. Now everything Russian is being banned, including the Nutcrackers. Is the West trying to make the Christmas whiter? Right. So to me, it's just an indication that Christianity is a very segregated religion as far as you know the organized religion is concerned they are far more segregated than any other religions you know it's to me it's almost like you know all the wars are fought between among the christian countries why you're all reading the same bible so the reason another reason i want to talk about this whiter christmas concept is this this is back when i was still in china okay Christmas as a, a holiday is starting to be introduced in China because I have friends who are devout Catholics whose parents were persecuted by the communist government simply because they are members of a Catholic church. So, okay, so he took me to this, uh, you know, famous Catholic church cathedral in Shanghai, China. So I actually attended the Christmas mass a few times, just a few out of curiosity. I'm not a member, you know. And I have read some, you know, moving stories about Christmas. One of them is that during the Second World War, the Nazi German soldiers and the U.S. troops had a, their own little Christmas truth, truth, basically. You know, it's a, one of those years during the Christmas the soldiers from the trenches from both sides somehow met and they decided that they are not going to fight for that day, for that night. Now, that was a very moving story. Okay. 
But now I learned that during the Second World War, Russia, Soviet Union is responsible of 80% of the kills of the Nazi troops. They are responsible 80%. The combined West is responsible for only 20%. That was like, that's a very lopsided effort. And also I learned that 27 or 26 million Soviet citizens died, civilian and the military died during the Second World War. I was like, well, that's, that's a very lopsided contribution to the Second World War by the former Soviet Union. So, and there's no feel-good stories, of, uh, uh, Christmas stories, about Russia or Soviet Union in the West. I was like, why is that? It's St. Christmas. It's about the birth of a Jesus Christ. Can we be more racially neutral, ethnically neutral about Christmas? So apparently not. You know, so to me, it seems to me, the the the, uh, the West really want to enjoy a whiter Christmas. You know, the whiter, the more enjoyable. So to me, that's a very sad, you know, state of affairs. Because uh, the, the the you know the thing I want to talk about, you know, again, I'm going to go back to this guy Icky, uh, a British guy, uh, and uh, his recent handle on calling is uh, this Gator. Uh, I had a little exchange with him yesterday, but I'm going to go back to that later. To me, is this. During the Christmas, we talk about Santa Claus. Santa Claus is white, and I have nothing, uh, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I have no disagreement with that. Santa Claus is from a very cold country. And the Santa Claus is, all, you know, Russia is from a, is a very cold country. So to me, Russia is as white as, and as any Christmas can be. You have tons of snow there and all that, right? So Santa Claus is a white figure. The baby Jesus is also a white figure. And the third thing which I care about the most is Lady Justice. Lady Justice, if you look at all the statue of Lady Justice, they are all white. Okay. So to me is this. It seems to me these are fantasies these are not real the reality is that jesus christ when he was born likely is a non-white person right santa claus is a, a make-believe figure which is okay and lady justice does not exist so this is what i want to emphasize in Russia, the majority of the Russians is with this faith called the Orthodox Christians. I'm not into religion. I do not know the exact difference between Orthodox Christians and the Western Christians, I guess. Okay. But I do want to ask that question. Why the Christians in the West hate the Russians so much? What happened in the past? Is there some kind of a crusade? by the Russian Christians against Western Christians in the past? No, I don't remember that. What I do know, as I have frequently and incessantly pushed this thing, it's called the, the moral and the political chart of the inhabited world. On that map, 
the Russians are considered Tatars. They are not considered white people. That's the only traceable root cause of all this racial bias against the Russians. Basically, they are not white enough to be considered a, a member of the Western world. That's just sad. I know most Russians consider themselves white. You know, if you follow this guy on YouTube, he's a well, he's just like me. He's a formerly Soviet Union or Russian citizen. He immigrated to the United States. He became a U.S. citizen. He's uh, you know he he loved the United States of America, and uh, you know he has a, he his his handle on YouTube is called uh, Smoothie, just like the S M O O T H I E Smoothie X Twelve. Okay. He he said, "Look at me, I'm white." He said one in one of his episodes. I, I'm just very. He's adorable. He has this. Uh, he's a chubby looking, all white hair, and white guy. And he's just adorable. He's a military expert. Okay, last week showed that he just keeps saying, "I'm white." How come you know I was not accepted to by the European Union, and not accepted by the NATO? You know, it is truly a tremendous insult. Because I want to bring this up is also this. Again, like I said, Malton, uh, Putin has not a communist, and he tried uh, multiple times to join the West. He tried multiple times to join the West, the, the European Union, the NATO, and he is entirely, totally rejected by the West. So we, we are aware of that. So another thing I want to uh, learn this, again, talking about segregated Christianity, I learned about this. AME Church, going back to the African-Americans and their church activities. I have never known what AME Church is. I know it's a Methodist, but how it was established is very interesting. Talk about segregated Christians, right? The first AME Church that I learned is actually start established in Philadelphia. And why it's established? The background is this. The freed slaves, the free men, the free blacks in Philadelphia, they want to attend churches, right? But the whites in the churches say, no, these are the churches for the whites. They're not for the black people. I heard that's how the first AME church in Philadelphia was founded. So the, remember this. This is a highly oxymoronic observation, uh, 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 situation, okay? You literally have the same book called the Bible. And you have a group of white Christians having a church. And you have a black people try to attend that church. They say, no, we, you are not welcome here. So the black church goer, uh, the would-be black church goer say, okay, we have no choice but to have our own. So that physically set up a separate church, separate place of worship, even though even though they worship the same figure. It's similar to a segregated Christmas, right? We all like Santa Claus, but somehow the Russians must have their own Santa Claus because the West does not want to have to do anything to do with the Russians. Isn't that the same 
mode of operation here, right? So, 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 and now I can understand why this. I'm pretty sure Russians, uh, Soviet Union soldiers, had their Christmas during the Second World War. Oh, by the way, during the Ukraine war, this is what I heard: the Russian government do, do not have any celebration uh, for Christmas or New Year's Eve. Okay, they just have a uh, decorations, they have lights and all that, but no gathering, no social gathering and all that. And uh, I am pretty sure, going back to the Second World War, Russian soldiers or Soviet Union soldiers must have celebrated Christmas because I saw the, in the regular living arrangement uh, by some of the YouTubers who have an interracial international uh, marriage in Russia that they are very devout Christians. Okay, they are very devout Christians. I'm pretty sure they have their Christmas. But it will never be in the press, in the publication, in the media, in the books, in the history books of this country, the Western country. It's simply because we are a segregated Christian world. We do not want to have, have any feel-good story about Christmas by the Soviet Union soldiers or Russian soldiers ever. Ever. Okay. So for me is this. Everything goes back to what I have said about this uh, moral and the political chart of the inhabited world. Russians, Chinese, Indians, Indians in India, Indians in the in in in, in you know, because from the savage world. They are not. They are not going to be ex accepted as an equal question. They are going to be treated as a inferior question, just like they will be treated as an inferior citizen of this country. Okay, so that is what I want to talk about. Now, to me, the NATO expansion to Ukraine is to make European whiter, European Union whiter, to make the NATO whiter. Russian is not white enough to be part of it, okay? And, uh, you know, it's similar to what Trump is saying, make America great again. Well, which part of America to make it great again? And I know for a fact that to the expansion of NATO and the expansion of, uh, uh, is to make the Europe white again. Okay, so that's how I look at it. And uh, going back to, to this, oh, go ahead, William. You well, say something? you got a lot of ground you covered there. Um, I'd like to diff just point out that uh, the Catholic Church, first of all, the Christians, first called Christians in Antioch, Turkey. That's the real home of the direct disciple Christian church. The Roman Catholic Church was started in 313 AD by Constantine, an emperor of Rome. And then you had the Council of Nicaea, 325 AD, when it was ratified. And they've been fighting the devout Christians forever, <laughs> and the Muslims. Yes. You know? uh -huh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, so you have the Protestant Reformations. You, you have, they persecuted the Christians across Europe, obviously, in the Inquisitions. And then, of course, you had the Crusades. Where they persecuted the Muslims. The Muslims 
revere Christ as as a prophet. You know, in the Quran, like he's mentioned 50 times as a prophet, some 90 overall. They love Jesus, the Muslim faith. What we have is, and what I, I know, I understand people associating Jesus with the Catholic Church, because that's how they would have it. Pardon me. Like they're vicars of Christ. That totally violates, okay, you have to remember, consider, anyway, I should say, just consider that Jesus came to bring the spirit of the law. He said, the letter of the law killeth. He's talking about the Old Testament. The spirit of the law bring eternal life. And I don't think anyone who really believes in Jesus, like who's not a Catholic, believes that Jesus was blonde-haired, white, with blue eyes. Because he was a Jew. He, he was a Middle Easterner. Do you follow exactly. me? So, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Go ahead. The portrayal of Jesus through the Western European church, right? That, for anyone, well, for me, that, that is a, that the Roman Catholic Church, the, the doctrine of discovery, Pope Nicholas V in 1452 AD puts it right in perspective where it basically gave free reign for the Western white Europeans to pillage, plunder, and take slaves. Literally. Well, I, I'll pull it up and we can read it at some point. It's shocking, right? That none of that is in the New Testament. That's not Christ's teaching. Christ even said, call no man on this earth your spiritual father, teacher, or rabbi. So you have only one, your father in heaven. If you go to the book of Thomas, which King James Version eliminates, Christ said, I am not found in mansions of stone and wood. Pick up a rock, I'm there. Split wood, I'm there also. The temple of God is in your heart. And I can point out, God doesn't have a brand name if you go to epistles, Paul, to Romans, where he says, no king nor slave. So he didn't, obviously, not into what Pope Nicholas advocated. No king uh -huh. nor slave, right? Mm -hmm. Nor Jew nor Gentile. There was the, the Jewish religion, and every other religion was considered Gentile. No king nor slave, nor Jew nor Gentile, nor male nor female. It's not about misogyny or anything like that, no male nor female, we're all one in Christ, the sacred heart of Jesus. Some people, New Age, say the Christ consciousness. Do you follow me? Yeah. And Catholics consider me a heretic, you know, because the way that's, I obviously the way I perceive it is more like um, the Muslim faith would and or New Age, you know, people believe in Christ consciousness. And so um, I was, you know, with my history, which I don't need to go into, most people call and know, you know, and I fought the church, the Roman Catholic Church. And for a long time, I hated Jesus because I was brought up in Catholic Church. I went to Catholic University that Jesus was the Catholic Church. And I had to unlearn all that to where I could drop I my, my hatred. Mm -hmm. I hated Jesus. Literally, I was like, middle mm -hmm. finger, man, you are evil. Right, mm -hmm. literally. Uh -huh. and, well, I, I want to yeah. say that what I never advocate uh, abolishing religion whatsoever. To, you know, I just want to point out the consistency. But William, what you just said is extremely helpful to me. Is this is because because I'm not into religion at all. It's a great thing you actually have read into those uh, literatures. You know, to, to, I just want to bring the observation is that you know I remember Muhammad Ali. 
was uh, being interviewed back in the 60s, you know, during the height of those uh, racial division and all that. And uh, he said uh, he's uh, doing this in Newcastle, New in- uh, England, in-, in Britain. And he said, I don't, he's, uh, he converted himself to a Muslim. He said he had uh, no problem with the Christian whatsoever. He just felt that in America, the Christians are not practice what the Bible is teaching them to practice. And that is his problem. You know, I'm saying the same thing here. No, I don't mean to cut you short. You, you are more than welcome to jump back in because you give me a great uh, segue into what I want to talk about in the next. So when the, you know, Trump is the one who said he brought the Christmas back, Merry Christmas. I said, since when Merry Christmas is gone? I don't know, you know, and when Trump said, I want to make America great again, you know, what America? Because uh, if you're a Mexican, are you an American? I will say yes. If you are a Canadian, are you American? I will say yes. If you are a, a, a Brazilian, are you an American? Yeah, it's a Latin American. Is that right? So when you say make America great again, do you only mean the United States or do you mean white Americans only? What about the, your neighboring Americans? You know, I thought the Christian's teaching is what, uh, you know, love your neighbor. And do you practice like love your neighbor? This kind of teaching, right? Because, uh, you know, Trump is a big on building the wall uh, in the border. You know, he said, if we don't have a border, we are not going to have a country. Well, I'm not disagreeing with that. But there's another thing is this. If the United States, especially the white Americans in the government, do not respect the borders of other countries by invading them, by interfere with their elections, by corrupting their government, to, uh, by instigating uh, uh, internal fights in other countries, especially in the South American countries, now, if we don't respect their border, should they respect our border? You know, if we messed up their country, their home, you know, are, are they supposed, you know, do, should they respect our border at all? So these are the things, you know, again, just the observations, right? It's just the observations. And uh, so, so the last thing I want to talk about uh, before I want to conclude and share with my uh, little experience in Florida is this. Uh, the Congress just passed some kind of a budget, which it gives uh, like a tens of billions to the Ukrainian war. And I found out to be interesting. I was like, okay, this is definitely Christmas is the season of a giving, right? It's the Christmas spirit. This is, I'm going to talk about the concept of a whiter Christmas, <laughs> okay? It's about who you give. So Congress allocated just like tens of billions of dollars to the Ukrainians, uh, to, to Ukrainian government. At the same time, there's another hot topic. It's called the Taiwan. When it comes to Taiwan, the Congress is not necessarily in the Christmas giving mood because uh, initially uh, the U.S. government is about to give a military aid to Taiwan, Taiwanese government, okay? By military aid, meaning these are aid, we're not expecting a return on those aid, you know, just like a lot of aid to Ukrainians, all right? But somehow that is canceled. 
now the aid to Taiwan is some kind of a loan. So what I'm trying to say is this. You, you, you look at Taiwanese Ukrainians. Taiwan, clearly, Taiwanese are not white people. Right? The Taiwanese is in possession of some serious technology. I think uh, those uh, chip technology that the U.S. government is, is uh, enticing, encouraging them to move the entire factory to Arizona. I have nothing uh, upset about that. You know, it creates more jobs in America, and oh, that's great, right? The thing is this. All the aid that are enacted by the con Congress to the, Ukraine, to the Ukraine, a white country, are free of charge. It's like the tax dollar, taxpayer's dollar all the way go to the a white country. But when it could, comes to the defense of Taiwan, well, we are not sure. We think the Taiwanese should pay for the weapons, for the aid we're going to give to them. So this is what I'm trying to say is this. Even if you are Christmas mode, because this is a whiter Christmas, the Taiwanese is an, are not white people. So the aid to the Taiwanese is has to be returned. So that is the, you know, that is the uh, last thing I want to talk about. Why Taiwan? Uh, why we are having a whiter Christmas in twenty twenty two? Because simply because the West wants to do, make the Europe whiter, and the the West wants to, uh, and the United States is willing to help the Europeans, the European unions, the NATO to make the Europe whiter. And uh, so, so with that, I'm going to just conclude what I felt about 2022. And uh, what I think the most impactful legal event in the 2022 is there's a four of them. One is that the Ukraine war. The Ukraine war is a result of not following the international law and the order. There were Minsk agreements about the situation in Ukraine. Okay? And uh, however, the West have decided from the get-go, the Minsk agreement is just an excuse to prepare Ukraine militarily to have a war with Russia. Bingo. That's what I always said. When there's no law, when there's nobody follow the law, especially the West, the Western power, there will be war. And that's what happened in the First World War, and that's what happened in the Second World War. So that's one of the most impactful legal events of 2022. The second most impactful legal event is the Dobbs decision in America. You know, I need hey, not to say more about it. Go ahead, Amanda. Yeah. B before you go, go too far, I just wanted to, um, on the white, whiter Christmas, which clever, clever wording, by the way, um, um, I just want to push a little bit because I think Russia, part of the alienation of Russia had to do with their choices politically, like the communism and that side, at least from my perspective. And that could be an additional layer of whiteness. You know, maybe it is. I'm just 
saying that, oh, yeah, that was... Yes, I'll address that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll address that. No, I mean, that someone was, said that was... Santa Claus is a communist. And uh, they said Jesus Christ is a communist. But I do not know that for a fact. But, uh, right. No, no, no. Ahead, for sure. Uh, they behave mm. like them, for sure. But I just wanted yep. to... Uh, that it, it wasn't just the not wanting... That, that the West didn't want to admit Russia because they didn't see them as white enough. They weren't democratic enough which that might be a layer uh, of whiteness, right? Democracy yes. is, is a whiteness thing, right? Yes. Democracy, uh, well, as I call it white majoritarian democracy, is the form okay. of the government, right? I, I actually don't believe the word democracy actually is happening, just like I don't believe no, communism is no, happening. No, but the theory know, America, of what I mean China. is democracy, mm -hmm. demo whites claim democracy as their way of government. Correct. <laughs> yeah, is yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, and yeah. and mm -hmm. and Russia didn't claim democracy as their form of government. Therefore, they must not be white. That was right. the only thing I wanted to add. I appreciate it. Yes, I hear you. I hear you. Oh, by the way, I mean, like I said, I have been following those interracial international marriage between Russians and Chinese and Russian and the Italian, Russian and the uh, sorry, uh, Chinese and Italian, Chinese and French and all that. So. Uh, this guy posted so many videos about the countryside living in, in uh, Eastern Russia. I'll just tell you this. Russians are so close, so their conduct is so close to Americans. It's unbelievable. I'll tell you, I call this a big country culture, big country mentality. Basically, these Russians in this uh, Eastern part of Russia, they, they're occupying like, tons of lands they are farmers they're just like american farmers their mentality just like american farmers they don't bother anyone else nobody bothers them they are very self-sufficient self very independent and all that and they hold no ill will towards any people you know and they love to eat and they love to farm they love to hunt they love to fishing everything they, to me the russians are white Okay, there's nothing wrong with being white. I mean, I love I love white people. Period. Okay, I love all people. So 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 that's the the so the the, the second legal event in my opinion is the Dobbs decision. I need you know women will know more you know will feel the impact of that Dobbs decision. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, you know later on this year and uh, you know in the future. The third legal event, I think, biggest legal event in my opinion, is this: it's the raid of the top law enforcement officers' residence by the law enforcement. You're right, Amanda. I'm trying to cleverly word what I'm talking about. The White Christmas, if it is intentionally to be a cleverly worded, I like Stephen Colbert because he had he has created a volume of a cleverly worded the vocabulary so i'm a big fan of him the the raid of a mar-a-lago is the raid of a top law enforcement officer of the united states by law enforcement it has a lot of legal ramification down the road because to me is the biggest legal blunder by merrick garland and uh and the fourth biggest legal event that I have is the power of the U.S. government to interfere 
with the transition of a political power, aka the Twitter files. As I have said in my last ep- past episode, the FBI has a disinformation board already. The national security apparatus has been interfering with the U.S. election since 2015 during the Clinton email server investigation. Because I definitely believe FBI played a role in the outcome of the 19 of the 2016 election results, not with the Trump and Clinton, but with the Bernie Sanders and Clinton, because of Bernie Sanders should have been the Democratic nominee for the president. President, okay, it is because the FBI, the deep states, they were willing to cover up for Hillary Clinton. That's why they put up that. That's why he killed a Jewish candidacy. Again, this country is still a Christian country because there's no non-Christian person has ever been elected to be the president of the United States. Okay, so again, a whiter Christmas, a whiter government. The uh, the uh, so the so this is the fourth most important legal event. In 2022, as far as I'm concerned, meaning the FBI is caught in the red-handed that they interfered with the 2020 election, whether they caused substantial vote counts to make Trump the president or not. I personally don't believe so, but did they interfere? 100%. That is an alarming thing. So, so that in a nutshell is what I want to talk about 2022. Now, my little prediction for 2023. I'm not a big fan of、uh, predicting anything myself. Okay, just take it as a grain of thought. You know, just don't treat it too seriously. I'll be quick. When I believe there will be an indictment of Donald Trump on the espionage charge, this actually is my wishful. Thinking, this is my. I'm hoping for that to happen, and he will be acquitted. That's my prediction for 2023. Second prediction, there will be a no prosecution of Hunter Biden. Okay, there is a Latin word for that. It's N O L L E, Noel prosecute P R O S E C U I. Yeah. I'm oh oh I always wonder why they put so many Latin words in the legal world. Then I realize it's、uh, uh, learning Latin is a part of the Catholic teaching、uh, schooling. Is that right, William? Like if you're in a Catholic school, you actually learn Latin.、Um, personally,、right? I the Catholic school I went was called after school, after grade school, public. We went were a bust. We weren't in it full time, so that wasn't part of my. But some people. Ten, you know, strictly Catholic schools through all the way through college. Yeah, they learn Latin. When you have time, Peter, I, whenever you're ready, there's things I want to talk about. You you talked about earlier that、um, I put in the live chat. But go ahead. Oh, oh, oh I have time. I appreciate it. So the last,、uh, the third thing I believe will happen in 2023 is the de-dollarization.、Uh, I think that likely is going to happen due to the. Korea,、uh, the the Ukraine war. So that's the 
I'm not a big uh, fan of predicting, so that's the three things I want to put out there for debate, I guess. It's for debate, for discussion. Amanda, I'm trying to make you to be the speaker because uh, uh, apparently the vet wants to uh, give his two cents. Uh, so with that said, I am going to just talk about a uh, few a few other things. Until uh, you know what? Why don't uh, why don't we wait for Nevek? See what he has to say. Hi, Nevek. Happy New Year. Hello. Yeah. Um, I, I was just curious of the title, uh, "Judicial White Privilege: People's History of American Jur uh, Juris Prudence." Yes. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, was what, was it, where, where that came from? Like, what made you to do it? Okay, great question, Novak. So, back in the 2016, uh, basically, white privilege is a word uh, started first used by Peggy McIntosh. She's a uh, women's study professor. She come up with this idea, uh, this term, white privilege, back in the 80s. Okay, so back in the 2016, I had a communication with her. I said, I said, Professor McIntosh, I don't think a white privilege is a cultural thing. It's just, you know, you can Google about her. You know, she started this conversation the earlier. Do you really believe that? It's not cultural? I do not. I actually you believe the governmental is illegal. I believe race is cultural because it's hard to say what exactly that is. And people who were once white weren't considered white. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because I don't, I, I don't focus on color. I focus on privilege, because the our uh, society is supposed to be classless, and uh, you know, there, there should be no you know preference or privilege in that regard. So going back to your question, is this? So I told, I exchanged with her. Said, look, I don't think white privilege is a cultural thing alone. I think it's actually a governmental thing. Okay, it's also uh, it's a legal thing. Okay. Basically, I believe. It, mm -hmm. Go ahead. There's a fine line between race and social construct. Some people say it's just a social construct. So it's correct. Like, correct. There is a fine line. Yes. Like, oh, so I don't like a bit of both. It's kind of complicated. It is. I, I I want to focus on now going back to your why it's called the judicial white privilege. So what I find out since 2016 is this: all this this racial discrimination practice in this country started not by lawmaking, it's actually by the court. So courts is supposed to be an even-handed venue where you can sort it out, grievances, being racial, financial, political, or otherwise, right? So I was uh, come to the finding that how come the slavery, the first slaves actually sentenced by the court, not by any other political bodies? Okay, so that's strange, right? So, well, so the well, court is. Mm -hmm, go ahead. America is is news leaving from like an old past governing of monarchy of governing is forming something new, and it had the democracy of the people vote. But the thing about that is that you could have tyranny of the majority. So it's a it's it's bounce it's it's a de so it's a democratic republic. It's it's of rules and laws. And it's uh, it's of the people, but you can't just mob rule. We want things this way culturally because we feel like it. Because you have rules and laws that would, you know, you have to, you have to have evidence and facts, and you know, it's 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 governed that way. It's 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 a it's a it's a uh, 
it's a balance. It, 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 the, the culture, culture is there. Culture can affect policy because people have discussions in you know in in society and they go over into forming laws yeah so 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 i don't mean to cut you short so uh since you are per- uh, clearly, you, you're not familiar with this topic. I will just use one example by repeating myself that I did in my past episode is this. Okay, real quick. You said about rules, facts, and laws, and all that. First case, okay. the slavery case, okay? John Punch is a black indentured laborer. He and the two other white endangered laborer. By the way, I have learned from YouTube, there's a lot of white family, they recomp their ancestors coming from Germany, from Ireland, as an indentured labor. Many, many white families will tell you that. Their great, great, great grandparents are indentured labor from Europe. So John Punch, uh, African indentured labor, That's why he escaped with, with the, uh, so let, 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 let me finish. Oh, by the way, you're on and off. I don't know why. The, no, uh, I say it's a construct. People can just be treated differently. And, and there's no, like, like when, when it comes to with race, that's what I'm saying. It's, a cult, it's cultural. No, it's legally in a court when facing the same facts under the same law about indentured labor who escaped service. The court clearly is not even handed. Mm-hmm. The court ordered slashes of all escaped three indentured labor, including the two white indentured labor, uh, properly called Dutch boy and Scott boy. Okay, one is from a Dutch, one is from Scotland, I guess. I get what you're saying. You're saying because that there's laws, regardless of culture, people will abide by the laws. No, there's no law. No, no. It's called the case law. You notice the courts make the law. It's called the case law. Have you know no, no, the term called the no, common law? Talking about how society is, how people conduct themselves, uh, you're saying it doesn't really matter. Not people, not the courts. It is okay, courts okay, is court, supposed to be. Lady justice. Produce lady justice. Lady justice is not people. Lady justice represents a neutral, impartial venue where justice is handed down, not injustice is handed down. So I, so I hope that by doing that, I use, use that example to show you why I want this show to be not traditional. Web. Sometimes there are laws that were unjust, right? They change over time. And, and, and it's it, another story. It's not a story. Correct. There's another story now. Because I'm going to stick with the, your question is that why I want to call this show judicial white privilege, meaning okay. the racial injustice actually happened with the court first, first of all, period. There's no president. The court sets the precedence. Okay. The court sets the separate but equal precedence. The court said, no, no, no. The 14th Amendment made after the Civil War does not apply to Plassey versus Ferguson. Okay, the, the the segregation is not unjust; it's justified. The court says that. Okay, so so that I hope I answer your question in that regard. So now I'm going to just uh, uh, feel free to jump in uh, 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 more. Uh, I'll be you, you, I'll be happy to make your speaker as a matter of fact, in case someone else want to call in. Talking about Ukraine earlier in Russia, and where what's being done it uh, it is nothing about whiteness associated with it okay i'll talk about ukraine a little bit later let me let me uh, talk about something i want it's on my schedule so as i mentioned i actually tried to escape from the cold front uh over christmas eve uh from delaware all the way to uh 
Key West, Florida. So I want to share something with you. It's pretty hilarious. So I want to, again, oh, I want to address this first. This guy, uh, Gator, who used to be Iki, uh, he's a calling regular. I like him, by the way. Whoever criticized me, I appreciate their criticism. Okay, I have no problem. Whoever wants to criticize me, was a Iggy included. Uh, if William wants to criticize me on my idea, I don't take it personal at all. So I was uh, calling into, I think you met uh, episode yesterday. So I heard something which I totally expect from this uh, Iggy uh, slash Gator. So he asked me this. He said, Peter, how, why things has to be color? Everything is about color. You know, he basically have a problem with my show, you know, which I told him this. It has nothing to do with the color. It's more to do with the privilege. Because, uh, because uh, what I, I'm telling people, sharing with people, is not trying to do a broad brush on uh, a group of uh, people by their race, ethnicity, or political. Politics, not at all. What I'm doing just more of an observational, meaning that I observe this. It's like a scientific experiment. I observe this. I see how people interact. I see how government control people. I see how the people form the government, how it operates, and all that. So, so, and the fact is that British. The British culture, the British language, the British political influence had a lot to do with what happened in America and what happened in the world in the past and today. That's why, you know, I might be come across as uh, being uh, uh, obsessed with the color of a uh, uh, of someone's skin or, or, or ac uh, someone's accent, you know, because I can tell Iggy and the slash Gator is a, a British guy. So it, it's not, it's not like that. I, you know, I, I just observe and I tell you this is what I observe. So that what I want to say, color has nothing to do with what I want to say here. It's more of a how we can build our harmonic multi-racial America. And for that matter, a multi-harmonic multi-racial world, okay? If we, if the multi-racial democracy fail in America, then the entire world has no hope. Let me tell you that, that I can tell you, okay? So, so now let me share my Key West experience because uh, I was intrigued by this uh, van life concept long time ago. So I was like, I want to experiment myself, right? So I finally get to build up my van and uh, well, and uh, so I can live in that and uh, somehow. And then I sort of call from coming. So I, I jump on the van and then just keep driving all the way to the Key West. I got uh, able to, it's called the stealth camping, meaning I don't check into any campground or any hotel. I just pretty much spend the night in my van. So I was able to spend about uh, four nights, five days in Key West until I was get caught because uh, stealth camping in most places, especially in touristy places like Key West, is considered, you know, illegal. You know, I, that's why I call it, I have a, I'm committing a crime spree in Florida. So I'll share with you what I did. <laughs> so first of all, my observation in, a few observations in the Key West. 
I went to this laundromat. It's a in you know not in the touristy neighborhood. It's in more of a local neighborhood, and I saw a group of、uh, customers there, and they're, they're African Americans. But I have never seen this kind of、uh, African Americans. I think they are probably from Caribbean. They just have those look that I saw in of those old old picture of slavery, and these are almost like they have a more African blood in them. I guess, boy, I'll tell you, Peter, quite, is Peter breaking yes, up for、sorry. everybody, or is that just my connection? How do you know they have more African blood in them? Because their facial look is very different. They look more African than African Americans, so they look more like those Harvard, old Harvard picture that are showing, you know, the slaves picture. They are, they are, they are not fully mixed, for for lack of better expression. You know, again, they are just they look at me. I look at them. I'm a very alien. You know, I feel I have a very alienated moment. You know, but I do know this is Key West. I do know there could be people from Caribbeans who. You know, traveled to Key West. You know, and does、uh, that is a cultural shocker to me? Not shocker. It's not. Not. It's not nothing negative. It's just an observation once again. Okay. And、uh, the second thing, what I find out to be worth noting is this: a lot of the Caribbean, there's a mixture of of of, of whites, Indians, and Asians called coolies. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm just saying that it was a transit route. There was a lot of other, other. There, there are a lot of mixture of other folks like Caribbean people are very mixed. They're probably more、okay. just as mixed as America, maybe probably even more. Okay, cool. So the next observation is this: the military-industrial complex. <laughs> okay, you would think Key West would not have this kind of a a showing of a. Military, uh, was uh, military uh, complex. Okay, in the、uh, military co- industrial complex. What I saw is this: Key West, as you know, is a prime spot, right? Fantastic tropical weather. It's just beautiful. Okay, my friends told me in Philadelphia it's seven degrees and the freezing、uh, wind and the gust and all that. Okay, I was in Caribbean, it's like a seventy-two degrees on the beach and all that. So okay, so but I quickly observed this. There's a lot of military installations on Key West. I said, "What the f? Why we need so many military?" And it, that give you what it's called. You know, I love our service men and women. Okay, they 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 join the military. They are willing to sacrifice their lives for for their country. I'm all for it. Okay, but think about this、uh, chain of a little islands. Okay. The land is kind of a scars and all that, right? And all that, and you literally have a multiple military installations there. I was like, are we preparing a war with Cuba? I thought that all the Cuban、uh, immigrants, whether legal or illegal, are automatically accepted by the U.S. government. Then what's the point of having these、uh, military thing? On this little island, I'll tell you this: this is one big uh, uh, island. Uh, I forgot the name. Apologies, because I already came out of、uh, Key West. I'm now in somewhere else in Florida. The entire campground is only for military personnel and families. 
And then you literally have a huge sign saying the U.S. government property transpasser will be prosecuted. I said, what the F? I'm the taxpayer who funded all this shit. And I cannot even come in and take a look. Okay. That's the power of the military, you know, uh, uh, industrial military, even in the you know, this tropical island in, in, in Key West. I find it to be hilarious. Again, I'm just observation. It's not, you know, I'm not against any color, any ethnicity, any gender, any, you know, you know, whatever. Okay. So, so the, 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 the third thing I want to talk about about Key West is my encounter with the local police. Okay. Cause I actually, you know, I, I'm pretty clever. You know, I want to, you know, I don't want to create trouble, but I want to do experiment. Right. So stale camping is against the, uh, city code, local code in Key West, pretty much across the border, okay? But I saw many, many stout campers, people just like myself. Uh, well, just, again, I'm I'm not accusing any white people, okay? Just trust me. It just happened I ran into many, many people like my, what I'm doing, but they are all whites. There's no Hispanics. There's no blacks. It's just me and a group of white guys, <laughs> okay? It's very hilarious. I have great exchange with them. I met a guy from Chicago who is originally from Czechoslovakia. He's a surfer. He's still fishing there. And he told me all about the, you know, his experience there. It's great. And I met a guy from Jason from California, California tag. And, uh, he, you know, he's almost like a homeless person because uh, his camper is a very, uh, what I say, he is a converted Toyota pickup, but it's a 1991. Toyota pickup. It's a tiny little low pickup converted to be a sleepable truck bed. Okay, I had a great conversation with him. So here's my experiment with local police. I intentionally park my van with other stealth campers. I want to know how police, how differently the police will treat me and the other campers. Okay? That's what I've been doing. <laughs> and, uh, I, well, I want to tell you this. I was uh, picked up by police twice. Uh, everything peaceful, non, you know, no, non-violence. You know, I'm, you know, I'm a law-abiding citizen. The police knock on my door saying, hey, you cannot do it here. I, you know, then say, okay, I'll leave. So, you know, nothing bad happened. Nothing bad happened. But uh, what I found out is this. The, in the second encounter with my police, this police is, uh, oh, sorry, both encounter uh, is a, a pair of police, right? Basically, there's a two police person. Uh, for the second encounter, I actually saw the uh, both encounter is the white police officer had an exchange with me saying, you know, you cannot stay here. You have to leave. In the second encounter, this white police officer, male, has a female police officer. She looks Puerto Rican to me. Uh, she is not tall. Uh, she's not white. And this second encounter is interesting. Is this? This white police officer first told me I cannot stay here. Uh, it's a marathon. It's a, the place is called the marathon. It's a mar- marathon police department. And but he told me this in a, another spot on this key uh, this chain of islands. There is a boat ramp for fishing 
uh, for fishing persons. He said, if you park there, he said, probably nobody was going to bug, bug you. He actually shared that little trick with me. And I appreciate that. I did not use it for that night because uh, it's dark. I'm a stranger. I don't want to drive my truck into the ocean. But I appreciate the fact that this white police officer actually told me, he knows my situation. He knows my criminal intention, but he still will tell me where to get away from the enforcement of this code. So I, you know, I totally appreciate that. So that in a nutshell is what I want to share with you about these two past weeks. And uh, I was supposed to do today's episode on Christmas day, but uh, I was a little bit overwhelmed by the beautiful scenery uh, in Key West. So I didn't do that. So I'm glad I catch up today. So now the floor is uh, yours, uh, Nevek or, or, or William or Amanda. Okay, Peter. So you mean not all cops are bad cops? No, not at all. I never, you know, put, <laughs> put a broad brush say all cops. You know, you said already, you know, you have a lot of encounter with the police, right? And you, you have said not all cops are bad cops, you know? That's right. You know, I thank you, know. you for sharing that because that's my experience. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Now, there's a lot you covered since some of the earliest stuff I put in the live chat. Um, but since we were talking about St. Nick, let me go back. What I do hey, is I hey, copy William. some text. Hey, William, yeah. before you go backwards, I just want to make a super quick comment on go the ahead. last thing that Peter said. Thank mm -hmm. you. I appreciate the yielding. Um, so, so I think what you experienced in Key West, Peter, was something called white privilege. Because my interactions as a white woman tend to be fairly mm, nothing to see here kind of interactions with cops, and and I think what you experience. You're right. Was You're so correct. Yes, yes, yes. You know, Amanda, thank you. No, again, thank you, William, for yielding the floor to Amanda. See, these are great. Again, you can tell I don't hate anyone, but what Amanda said is exactly right. Uh, Peggy McIntosh, this a. Uh, female white professor, when she put up the white privilege concept, she's saying exactly what Amanda's saying. When the law enforcement came across a white person, mostly it's nothing to see here. Move on. Okay. Right. You know, Amanda. So to me, I want to, this is my little tricky experiment, right? I intentionally want to park right next to a white camper, right? I want to see whether the police, what they do with the white camper, right? And uh, this is why I'm going to say, no, it's not because uh, white privilege is not some social thing that a behavioral thing or cultural thing or white people can just do this and get away. No, no, no. It's because under the same law, the law enforcement is going to exercise their discretion. Okay. In the judicial white privilege, it's called the judicial discretion. In the law enforcement, it's called the law enforcement discretion, police discretion, to whether to enforce a code or not based on your race. Right. Again, I'm not trying to, you know, stress the whiteness. I'm stress the discretionary, the privilege to exercise that discretion. So, yes. Uh, thank you, Amanda. Greatly appreciate it. Go ahead. Um, I, um, OK, well. I don't know. I got arrested four times. I'm a big, fat white guy. So I, I've experienced I'm not saying people don't experience prejudice, you know. But sometimes, even against a disabled like I am, it comes in the form of Catholic prejudice versus Protestant. You follow me? 
or yeah. mm-hmm. you know, it, mm-hmm. it's a class warfare in a lot of levels. Attorneys that are completely corrupt, colluding together with corrupt judges. Um, and Milford JD, we're colonial state. I mean, it's old boy white network. You know what I mean? So, and Italian and Catholic, Italian Catholics, Irish Catholics predominate in the police departments, as you know, New York, Boston, Connecticut. I'm Italian, so white, but got arrested anyway. So none of that could stick. So I, I know it happens. As Amanda said, I'm not denying that. I'm just saying there's a lot more to it, you know, and a lot of different layers there. But um, you go up against what I call the predator elite, you're going to get put through the ringer. You know what I mean? And so, so anyway, so some of the stuff you said earlier that I commented on the live chat, first of all, St. Nicholas was a real person, believe it or not. Okay. He actually lived. Not Thank you Santa for sharing Claus. that. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, not not the guy with in red and the big beard and everything. Not the image of you know Santa Claus we see today. He was actually a saint, Saint Nicholas. Hold on a second, I got to turn my 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 screen brightness up. Saint Nicholas of Marala, uh, March fifteenth, twenty seventy to December sixth, thirty three forty three. So this is even before the Catholic Church was formed, actually, because it was formed three twenty three thirteen. A.D. in the Council of the uh, Edict of Milan. But anyway, mm-hmm. the that's the Roman Catholic, I should say. You know? mm-hmm. So anyway. Oh, you, know, William, you remind me something else I'm going to talk about. Uh, Go ahead. I, I actually have transferred out of uh, 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 Key West, right? You know, because, you know, it's not mm-hmm. a... It's, it's, you know, I need to uh, cope with uh, these uh, two encounters with uh, uh, the police. Again, nothing bad happened, right? But as a stealth camper, right, I'm a, pretty much a criminal on the run, right? So I drove back to Miami, and it turns out Miami's too hot. It's like 82 degrees for me to sleep in a camper. So what I did is I drive along I-95 northbound until I see the outside temperature is 72 degrees. Then I stop, and I, I found a new spot. So for Christmas Eve, here's hilarious. I parked under a bridge, crossing a lagoon. Beautiful, beautiful spot. Uh, but guess who I met with under the bridge? Homeless. Yeah. A white homeless man. And I had yeah. a great conversation with him. So let me share that some a little bit with this, uh, uh-huh. my conversation. So it's the middle of the night, probably 8 o'clock-ish. A car drove, I was uh, talking to this uh, homeless guy. His name's Greg. And uh, he lives in a, in a, in a van, uh, 1989 Dodge van. Okay, he's a white guy, very tall, handsome, you know, blonde hair, very healthy looking as far as I'm concerned. But he has a back problem, like uh, William. So we talk about the homeless issues. And while we're talking, a couple drove by who are this homeless guy's friend. They are coming to check out his well-being. So that's a very moving moment for me. So I, you know, I, you know, I praise this couple and all that. We are talking about 
homeless in America with this guy. He goes, yes, you probably, some of you know that I'm trying to build a tiny house, a modular home as an experiment to see how cheaply you can put up a, a tiny house or modular home for a homeless person, right? Elon Musk says it's 16,000. I think it's about 6,000. If uh, 16,000 is too expensive for the federal government, maybe 6,000 is cheap enough for the local government to, pop, to, to put up a, a facility like that. So he and I, this homeless guy, and I talk about the homeless in America. He is under the impression that China has a lot of homeless. So I explained to him that, no, no, on the contrary, it's a very difficult to find a homeless person in China. And he said, why? I said, I'll explain to you why. I said, I just have a friend, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who built, uh, convert the, the, my van for me uh, back in the summertime. He told me this. In his workplace, there's a Muslim co-worker asking him why he's not, why a Chinese person like him does not belong to uh, organized religions such as, uh, you know, Catholic church or a Muslim mosque and all that. So this was his response to his colleague, his colleague. Not my words, which is I found it to be fascinating. This is what my friend's response. He said, we Chinese worship our ancestor as God, not any other people. I have never thought of it. This is true. So I explained to this white homeless person. I said, if you, in China, you become homeless, all your freaking family members is going to come ask you what the hell you're doing, why you have to be homeless. They literally will drag you into their house to make sure you're not homeless. Because you being the homeless is a family shame in the village. Okay? You, you know, it, it matters. The honor of the family, the honor of your ancestor is extremely difficult. No, uh, it's an extremely difficult, uh, uh, extremely important thing for a Chinese person. You sh cannot do anything to dishonor your family. That meaning taking care of your older pe uh, family members. Because this guy, white guy's old, right? I, I told him that in China, if you're old like you, if you're sick, you most likely will stay with one of your children's household, period. That's like, that's the rule. It's not, an, it's, it's not law. It's a written it's not a written rule. It is just a cultural thing to do. Okay, so, so here is the difference. Now, again, I'm saying it's not because I believe the Chinese culture is superior than others. Like and Chinese? All you, you go ahead. Uh, yes, I am. I have said I'm 100% Chinese and unapologetic Chinese. So I'm going back to this. If you worship, uh, worship Jesus, if you want to follow his teaching, do it, practice it. I'm pretty sure there should be a, a feasible solution for the homelessness under the Christian doctrines. I'm very sure of it. Uh, by the way, this homeless guy shared the same view that all of us almost share, that the U.S. government is willing to spend hundreds of billions on the military industrial complex, but they would not spend a single dollar on the homeless issues, okay? What I'm trying to say is this, different cultures are different. I'm not saying Chinese culture is superior than other. I actually strongly believe under the Christian principle, the homeless issue can be addressed. 
right? So this is another little nugget I want to share with you. So now I'm living in this van under this bridge, crossing a big lagoon, a lot of fish, a lot of uh, wildlife, a lot of everything in the tropics. And uh, there's homeless, two homeless person who live here, plus me. And uh, they, uh, this guy already told me, the local cops will not give me any trouble here because you have a out-of-state tag on your van. They know you're not homeless. You're a tourist. They actually like you to be here. So I said, okay, I'm going to stick around as long as I can. So that, in a nutshell, is what uh, some extra uh, nuggets that I want to share with you. Okay. Are you ready? Can you hear me? Yeah, uh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, William. I don't mean to. <laughs> I went along. I went along. Yeah, okay. My... Go ahead. I'm trying to remember the Lenny Bruce. He had a, a punchline. He said something like, the war in the homeless will never be fought because there's no money in it. <laughs> He was a comedian before George Carlin, the satire. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The war on the, yes. ho- the, the homeless will never be fought because there's no money in it. Oh, oh actually, just think, you know, I'm a total uh, agitator here, right? So, you know, my show is very agitating, you know. Oh, by the way, I'm pretty sure Iggy slash Gator, he has that super sensitivity on the topics I'm talking about, even though I think I have demonstrated plenty that – I have no, I hold no grudges against any race whatsoever. You know, no white people have slain my ancestors, you know, and, uh, you know, I have never, my ancestors, my fathers and his brothers has always been engineers, school teachers. They have never been government officials or soldiers killing other people. I'm totally at peace with myself. So, so I'm all good. But uh, I can tell Gator is uh, very sensitive when every time, you know, by the way, I actually watched this uh, uh, Donahue's old show uh, uh, discussing uh, whether Jesus is all black and white. You know, among Donahue's audiences, there are white audiences who are very sensitive. They would just say this. They would say, what, what, it doesn't really, not really matter what color of Jesus is. Well, most white, uh, black audience say it does matter. So now I'm not religion. Uh, I'm not religious. I'm not getting involved in that. But I fully appreciate the super sensitivity some folks will have, and I respect that. But I still, even with that said, I respect anyone who criticizes my theory because you know I'm very open to that kind of you know criticism. So nothing personal here. Sorry, okay, William, so, go ahead. Okay, so um, well, I, I, all I can say is Jesus has been misrepresented by many actions, many people, Catholic Church, doctrine. Um, I'm not a Mormon, so I can't speak for the Mormon Church, but growing up Catholic, I can. And uh, even Pope John Paul apologized before he died of all the atrocities and crimes against humanity of the Catholic Church. It hasn't ended. I'm not suggesting that that was all-encompassing. And it, it goes on going. So... Um, but I, the only thing I would say is that consider that if you if you took if you chose to take the time to read some of the New Testament and Jesus' teaching, you'd find it very different from the actions of the church. Uh-huh. So anyway, moving on from that, um, yeah, you're right. First of all, back in the early 1900s, 
well, I'd say 1920s to the 30s. And so there was something called Christian socialism. It was a party. And it was basically based on loving your your neighbor like you love yourself. You know, the first commandment of Jesus, not the Ten Commandments per se. And, and so um, if we live that way, you're right. We would have a harmonious life. No one would be poor. There wouldn't be this incredible disparity and white supremacy and all those things. None of that would exist. Unfortunately, that party, we're down to two parties, right? Which is really a uniparty, if you think about it. It's a false duopoly. And here we are. So, um, the. No, on, on that point, uh, William, actually, I will add what, uh, what, uh, what I, uh, what I share with this, uh, uh, remember I was talking to this, uh, guy, a homeless person under the bridge and his friends, a couple stopped by around eight o'clock and visited him, just check on his well-being because he's a pretty older folks and has some medical condition. So these two couple happen to be devout Christians. I did not ask them who, which branch of a Christian they are, uh, they belong to and all that. But we had a great conversation about homelessness plus something else. I shared with them, I told them they heard this for the first time from, from a Chinese guy. And they are shocked. You know, they, they, I told them that our founding father has set up the, uh, the government by triangulating three powers, the power of making the law, the power of enforcing the law, and the power to adjudicating the law, right? And I told them that nobody, you know, you all talk about how 5G technology will damage people. I know that's, that's important, you know, but I will be more concerned if, uh, if, I, if I were you, I'd be more concerned if I tell you this. The three branches of government, as far as both in the federal government and the state government, they are all on the same technical computing platform. In other words, their email addresses have the same domain name. All three branches of government, federal or the, of your state, Connecticut, Delaware, Delaware, I know for a fact, okay? You are government people who are founded to be separate by equal three branches in hope they're going to check and balance each other from doing something wrong. They are actually on the same email system, on the same instant messaging system. So literally, the head of the FBI can instant messaging at work or email with the clerk of a judge. Technically speaking, first of all, no law prohibiting them to do, uh, to do that. And technically, it's doing it as easy as just, you know, turn on your TV. I said, I, I said is that something? So we actually do not have a separate but equal three branch of government of a triangulation power. We actually have a monolithic government, both at the state and at the federal level. That, that is a dictatorship. That's called dictatorship. So, so, so that's another thing I share. Okay, so these two guys, they said, well, you know, they, they, they told me they are, they are truly shocked. And, uh, they, they give me good advice saying in this Florida, there were still people who hate foreigners. They told me, you know, I look like a foreigner. So, uh, 
he, they, you know, they asked me to be careful about things. I, said, I appreciate that. So that, what sorry, part of Florida, uh, Port of Saint Lucie area. Oh yeah, up north. Yeah, it's pretty north, you know. And uh, so that, in a nutshell, is uh, you know, you know what I want to talk about. You know, we remember uh, William. We talk about the mafia, like organized crime in government. You're on the same email system, <laughs> for God's sake. How you know yeah. why you know it's much easier to do to conspire a crime against the people of the United States by being on the same email system with all the power, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Trooper Belize did a full cyber crime investigation on me, and he looked at he calls me up and he had looked at my emails, and so for example, he said, "This guy Brian Carlo is he helping you?" Well, Brian was a chief deputy public defender. So I had sent emails to him. So, yeah, he mm -hmm. knew, you know, what I was doing by looking. And my emails went to state senators, house reps. Oh, Heidi, sorry. Uh, William, I'm, uh, I'm going to invite Heidi as a, uh, as a, a sure, speaker. Because apparently she wants to talk. So, and she somehow okay. can, cannot. Uh... Oh, by the way, like, as a principal, I don't block anyone. Okay, Like I said, you can disagree with me any way you want. I don't take that offensive. Or oh, it's, it's not you. It's not you, Peter. It's uh, William that has me blocked, which is fine. Um, but I have a suggestion. Uh, it's kind of I don't know if it kind of goes along with um, your judicial white privilege, um, you know, uh, tone or, or like subject. But it's something for William. I was thinking that maybe what we could do is a call campaign uh, from us all, you know, people all over the country to try to help William get his housing authority situation uh, work, uh, fixed, you know, like, cause he's, he's on the second floor and he can't walk down the stairs and they've been, you know, jerking him around with the, with the housing, uh, you know, with, for dis disabled people. So I was thinking maybe if we all uh, gave a call to the connect, you know, how, uh, state housing authority, maybe they would uh, bump his case up on the wait list. What do mm -hmm. you think? Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I think it's a great idea because uh, I, we found out, we need to find the, uh, first we have to have a will, then we try to find a way to do it, right? Yes, exactly. I, 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 it would be so, like praxis. Oh. Exactly. It, right? so, yeah, exactly. So I'll be honest, yes, because again, this, uh, this uh, guy, Greg, he lives in this, uh, 1989 Dodge van. I was asking, how can you be homeless in Florida, still get a driver's license and register your vehicle in Florida when you don't have a home address? And he said, yeah, you can do that. I said, well, that's something new. But long story short, I said, you should drive this old 1989 van all the way to Washington, D.C., show up on the steps of the Congress. And Hell tell yeah. Them to I mean, so going back to your topic now, right? Because of agitation, like start a movement, a revolution, right? So back to this Williams problem. I'm a strong believer that you still need a lawyer to do something like what William is doing. It's just, uh, it just, just, it will just make things so much smoother. Okay. Yeah. So, so if I were, if I am saying, if I see, okay, I, William, you are really in a bad situation. Uh, I want to do something to help you with. Uh, the first thing I will do is actually going to reach out to those uh, attorneys in the non-for-profit 
and uh, of course summarize William's situation properly, right? And uh, you know, be transparent about the his uh, transgression, uh, quote transgressions, unquote, with the laws in the past, right? So are you, and, are you saying are you saying get in touch with legal aid first instead of the housing authority first? That correct, that would be fine. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Because I do believe, in other words, uh, uh, having one lawyer to call the housing authority is better than having 50 person to call the housing authority. Yeah, that's a good point because they know the law. They yeah, can correct. threaten lawsuits. Yeah. Exactly. And of course, first of all, is really you want to work with William to summarize his situation, including all his, quote, transgression, unquote, with the laws in the past. And saying, considering all these facts, is William still eligible for a more appropriate uh, 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 housing arrangement uh, in consideration of his uh, physical uh, disability? Yeah. Right. And as far as as far as I know, only drug offenses and violent felonies disqualify you from uh, housing on a federal level. But you're right; there might be state regulations. I don't know about. I appreciate yeah. you saying that. I'll give you a quick. Uh, comment. Um, it is federal housing. Um, this is just out and out obstruction. All four misdemeanors have been dropped, so they're not even relevant. As Heidi, Heidi said, there's no outstanding felonies. They were obviously illegal arrests. They they never went to trial. They just dropped them eventually. When you fight no. the Catholic Church or the lawyers or those people, but the problem is, Peter, the housing authority knows right? Disability Rights Connecticut, one agency there, Jennifer Jenkins, wrote a letter for me to send to Washington, D.C. Civil Rights Disability Unit under the Trump administration. She was trying to help. Um, mm -hmm. They did nothing. Just tell me to contact local lawyers. And I've talked to 40 law firms. The problem is in a state like Connecticut, I'm not trying to dismiss anybody's idea of trying to help. I really appreciate it, Heidi. It's a very incestuous state where you have reverends who've been found molesting priests who have relatives that are lieutenants in multiple police departments, states attorneys, judges. You know, I mean, it's crazy. It's like they're the predator class and they get the positions. And there's a lot of them who end up as priests in the family network. Do you follow me? But let me let, let me get a, a straight answer from you. Um, in uh, as far as you're concerned, it's not in any way invading your privacy or harming you or, uh, you know, shooting you in the foot. Right. Like so if somebody did take it upon themselves to do it, you wouldn't it wouldn't be a, a bad thing. Right. No, it, they can try. Um, the other what they do is have means testing, which are completely irrelevant. The, the issue is there's not enough infrastructure. And so. For example, they want two credit references. I have right now in front of me a Stratford Housing Authority application, which is under the obviously the state housing authority. And they want to know two credit references. Well, if you think about it, my credits are relevant because it's all being paid for by the federal government. You follow me? That's the federal housing. That's what we're talking about. And so, but they, they create a means test be, and then they put you in a lottery. And then, you know, there's people who've been in the system five, eight, ten years trying to get housing that qualify. This guy's, oh, boy, there was an article in Connecticut Post just a couple of weeks ago. Guy like me used to play ball who's disabled on SSDI. 
in a homeless encampment on the east side under the 95 overpass. Another fellow on Section 8 housing coupons, uh, not disabled. There's just no, the infrastructure hasn't been built. So what happens, like Jimmy Dore said, 30% of the people who are homeless in this country are disabled and are children. I think he said 35%. So we have a big problem with infrastructure availability. So what they do, Heidi, is they create a means test, which is completely irrelevant. I, I know. It's a social yeah. credit score. It's yeah, our it is. version of a social credit score. That's exactly totally what understand. it is. Yeah. And what's, what's a real thing is that the B of A has two non-payments on me. But their collection agency, the local law firm, Rubin and Rothman, attorney Kimberly Peterson, after I sent her all the documents, she said, you're right, Mr. Bonatati. I'm sorry. Talk to my senior attorneys. They send it back to B of A. I contact B of A. They're like, no, our fraud de department says otherwise. I said, well, listen, what, you, your collection agency agrees with me. They won't rehabilitate my credit. So I have two non-payments due to credit card fraud. I won't submit to their abuse of power and pay that. And they're not coming after me for it in court. The collection agency rejected it. And But you have to understand the financial, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau that Elizabeth Warren started, Trump mm -hmm. eviscerated it. We have we have no power. The the, and so I complained to all the appropriate agencies, as you can tell, and they are unfortunately co-opted, you know. Well, by the way, just so you're, um, you know, giving credit where it's due, it was Biden who enacted that those kind of laws in the first place. Oh, was it? Well, yeah. Uh, um, I thought Elizabeth Warren, didn't that happen under, didn't she begin the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau under the no, Obama no, no, no. administration? No, no, no. No, no, I, I, I didn't state that very well. What I'm trying to say is remember how Joe Biden was the senator from MBNC? Uh, yeah. He was the he was so the MBNA. representing Go M ahead. MBNA. MBNA. That's right, MBNA. Yep. He was right. representing the credit card companies. He was right. representing the financial interests. And yeah. it was against those laws that Elizabeth Warren uh, organized the, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Right. So right. Trump is basically just reenacting Joe Biden's laws when yeah. he gutted it. Uh, by the way, Heidi, I'm, I'm from Delaware. So anything you want to know about Joe Biden, <laughs> I just, just pencil me in. <laughs> Bill, so, uh -huh. I hate that guy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, so I, you you guys remind me of something. You know, there's a uh, I don't mean to uh, mean to sidetrack tr uh, what uh, uh, William's situation, but I, I would say the concrete step is for William to summarize in writing what's happening, including all his quote transgression unquote with the loss, and then you know then you know someone can look at it, and then there is a strategy how to convince a legal aid attorney to take on your case also, right? We can bounce those ideas together. And then, you know, William will be the one who reach out and say, hey, here's a quick summary of what happened to me. I would like to get some help, right? Well, so, so mm -hmm. go ahead. I, okay, some, every state has an access to justice commission, which is, has a pro bono working group for the disabled. No, no, let, 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 William, we want to just talk about your situation, right? Yeah, I think that's the, that's the intention of what Heidi wants to do. Am I still? I'll track yeah, but yeah, my, my, yeah, like yeah. like if they know that people from around the country are are being uh, are seeing the effect of their you know uh, ham fisted and and to, uh, 
you know, ty tyrannical treatment of people who are disabled, they might get a little nervous that it might like uh, inspire a news story. You know what yeah, I mean? Oh, I, I <laughs> appreciate that. What, I just wanted to add. So there was Connecticut Legal Rights Project who I dealt with, you know, with their excuses. We got cut back on staff from 18 to 10, contact federally funded Disability Rights Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Had a nice lady there, Jennifer Jenkins. Talked to my staff, too much for us. Send it to Washington with a letter she accompanied, said, put anything you want in that from the disability unit in Washington. You know what you get from them. We get thousands of complaints a year. We don't have enough staff. Talk to a local attorney. We There's a narrative that they have, which is a, we don't have enough staff. We don't have enough funding. No matter what level you go to, it's not really about that. We know that. It's a, it's a, they, they have allocations of money for things that are complete waste, including $35 trillion shortfall in the Pentagon uh, audit. So um, the, the, the issue being, and they get fall behind another trillion every year. Um, that uh, what we have is a discrimination that the, Peter, the four legal arrests that's, that that have been dismissed misdemeanors are completely irrelevant. Like there's 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 I don't mean to cut you short. So basically, yeah. I believe it takes a concrete steps, specific steps, to make something happen. Uh, I I I think uh, ID has a great idea. I think uh, the uh, actually I think the first step is for William to literally sit down and write down concisely and succinctly what's his needs, what's his uh, 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 past petitions for this kind of uh, uh, accommodation under the ADA or whatever you want to call it. Right. And specific and then, as it to re relates to housing, I understand your, your campaign against the Catholic Church and, and uh, what do you call it, right. uh, climate, climate change, but keep that yeah, out of it. Keep yeah, exactly. It strictly housing. out of it. Yeah, strictly yeah. out of it. Just don't shoot yourself well, in the foot. All, everything you're suggesting, Peter, I appreciate, but what I'm trying to say, there's nothing relevant regarding the housing because my my credit scores are relevant obviously it's all being would be paid for i'm on ssdi you see so my credit score is really irrelevant my the arrests have been dismissed not even even addressing them as being irrelevant is is really just giving power to them they're not according to the statutes in the american disability act and the, the state uh, uh, uh housing statutes it's none of that's relevant Supposedly. Yeah, but, but what Peter's saying uh, is God helps those who help themselves. He's saying exactly, if you do this, exactly, we can exactly. help you. Yeah, you need to write as, as agents of God. Mm -hmm. you I, see? I, I hear you and I appreciate that. In other words, the real, I just want to say the, the issue here is like a judge who I got recused is a, <laughs> tied in. He was uh, advanced litigation committee. I got him recused. I got another judge recused. No, uh, yeah, uh, William, you're you way on the left field, okay? We're not no, judicial. Peter, you're judicial. missing the point. What happens is you get a woman in an administration anywhere, and they're all women with the housing authority, office of the commission, who I've emailed and left messages for. They won't get back to me. They are not going to override a call from a judge on the advanced litigation committee or a former U.S. attorney, Judge Stevens, who have acted against me illegally, and they're not going to do it. So the problem is they political. might They might if they realize that uh, other people are noticing how antisocial they are. Well, I can, <laughs> I can, I, well, I, I think they're afraid. 
you know, they don't want to risk their jobs. They know there's, there's, sure. what but the point is William, the point is William to try. You can't, okay. you can't, you can't get anything done if you don't try first. Right. So, so what I can do is I can, I mean, like what all I'm trying to say is addressing the arrests since they're irrelevant. I don't see the point. I mean, we can just say this man is trying to get just housing. As, just as it applies to the housing authority standards, whatever their standards are, right. you have to refute it, uh, you know, based on that, just that. All you have to say is that uh, because they have a criminal statute uh, uh, protocol, you can say I've been arrested four times uh, on misdemeanors, but they were all uh, uh, dismissed. Right. So therefore, it's not relevant. You're right. You only have to put one sentence in there about it. That's what yeah, Peter's that's saying. That's what I, Beast is I've saying. done that. Yep. Yeah. He's well, what he's saying. Well, yeah. You're, what you're, he's, you're not podcasting your petition to get a better housing due to your uh, uh, disability. Okay. So, so William, so actually it's a challenge to yourself, how to survive, how to survive better. Right. I, I take on this challenge of myself. Would I be able to survive in the camp, uh, in the camping van convert uh, on my own design? I'm not saying I will be successful, but I will try it. So for your own survival, because you don't believe it's sustainable for you to stay on the second floor, then you do something specific and concrete and, you know, and write it down and have a strategy and try it. It's not a guarantee of success, but at least you tried. Right. What I've done is just that, along with a great Referral yeah, letter from my present landlord and the attorney general of New York. And you haven't, I mean, you haven't done it with all your, with all your call-in friends behind you. Right, right. That's so what I'm I'll, saying. And there's some I people post, that have expertise in different areas. So, where would I post, yeah. where would I post the letter I've already written and the corroborating exhibits that are great? Uh, like you I might said, have they, to pare it down. Because you got to understand, people's attention spans are not going to be. I don't know if you have a full page written out, but you know, people don't want a wall of text; they want no, concise have, statements. Okay, I, I do. Okay. I'm just asking where uh, would I put I don't, it? I don't know where to post it. Is there a place on Colin to post stuff? I don't know. Let me. I mean, when you have a, you know, give me your personal uh, phone number so you can give it to Heidi too, and then you can get an email, and then you know, and Heidi can look at it, and I can look at it, you know, and. Uh, so oh, you mean not, send it to e by email circulating? Yeah, it, exactly. You know, so so I mean, you know, provided that you trust me and uh, and Heidi. Yeah, no so, problem. So, problem. so I can yeah, put I my mean, email me, in the live chat. Okay. Right now, and, and that way people will know how to email me. Okay. And they can so, contact but, uh, me, and I can email it to them. Yeah, because I'm going to follow uh, my football team's play uh, at one o'clock. So I I want to just okay. mention one more thing because I actually is on another mission while taking this trip. I'm supposed to visit Montgomery, Alabama to dig out some co old court materials. And uh, my lawyer friend in Delaware has been dragging his feet, but he promised to reach out uh, uh, this week because one of the things is this, uh, you, not all of you know this. After the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that segregation on the bus is unconstitutional, the Alabama state courts still convicted Rosa Parks for, I think, uh, disorderly conduct uh, and refusing to give up her seat. So let me repeat. It's after, even after the U.S. Supreme Court, the federal court, 
ruled but segregation is unconstitutional, the Alabama state courts still convict and upheld Rosa Parks conviction. And I want to dig out the material along that line. Because uh, as you know, the mainstream media, all, uh, all the his history books, they just teach you, they just show you the positive side of the story. But the, the, the whole story is not that rosy. The whole story is actually very shitty. So imagine this, the state courts actually don't follow the supremacy clause of the Constitution, meaning the federal court's decision has a binding force to the state courts. So what kind of a judge will do that? That's, tip, that's a judicial white privileges, meaning they will use their judicial power to not to follow the law. Okay. I, I agree, Peter, but I would, I just want to interject here to say that I think what they really wanted was people to not realize that disorderly conduct is a charge where you can look at a cop cross-eyed and get arrested for disorderly conduct in this country and convicted for it. And uh -huh. that's what, that's their power. That's how mm -hmm. they keep, they keep, uh, people in check. Anyway, mm -hmm. go ahead. Yeah. So basically, so that's one area I need to head to as soon as the, initial contact and agreement was made that I can go into the uh, state court's archive to dig out the material. Someone before me already did it. His last, his name is Jeffrey Welty, W-E-L-T-Y. He is a professor of a public law in North Carolina University. He actually posts this original thread about this. And he apparently find like a pieces of the information in Yale Law School, where they kept the, the Alabama Supreme Court's ruling upholding Rosa Parks' conviction for the same transaction. So to me, my job is to dig out those historic materials and say, look, it doesn't matter whether Rosa Parks, when, uh, uh, whether the separate but equal is overturned in Brown versus the Board of Education, it actually still the state law, period. So you cannot fool us. You know, you know this thing does exist called judicial white privilege. It's the courts who initiate, sustain, and maintain the, e, the, the e, racial inequality, not not anyone else. And how odd is that? So so that's something you know. I want uh, again thanks uh, to Nivet who brought up this question. Exactly what's this title of the show is about? That's exactly what it is. These are the histories they don't want you to know. This is what I want to dig out. Say look, that's on their record, not my creation. So so. Anything else, William, Heidi, Nivek? I'm Jonathan? curious. I, I, I don't know if I've ever um, asked or heard anybody ask you before. Are you an attorney? I'm not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I am, I, but, but I have paid so many lawyers. I have, uh, for my cases in the past and all that. Uh, and uh, I got to know uh, quite a few of them. I learned one of another example is this. This retired federal court, uh, sorry, this retired Philadelphia city judge who retired to Delaware, because Delaware has a very favorable taxation uh, 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 arrangement. 
I was talking to him back in 2014. This is even two years prior I started visiting this topic of a judicial white privilege. He told me this. He said, Peter, if you have a, a grievances, don't go to the court. Court is not the, because what I was asking him about whether I should ask, file a motion for a recusal of a judge. William, remember, you talk about the recusal, filing recusal for a judge. He, he told me this. He said, Peter, as soon as you file a motion for recusal of uh, this judge, question his uh, impartiality, you become the enemy of the entire bench, entire court. So think about it. That's why I'm doing this show. I'm literally criticizing the entire branch of the government, saying you are not impartial from the get-go. All right. Oh, so, no, so, no, you're right. You know, but I say so, bingo. I've filed motions to accuse five judges. I've gotten some judges recused, and yeah, I, I that's actually why did I can't have, get housing. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. You have a judicial branch is the highest level. I mean, judicial white uh -huh. privilege, in my theory, is at the highest level of privilege. These are infallible peoples, like the Catholic priests. Okay, our law allows them to be infallible. Is that right, Peter William? Yeah, they're protected. Uh, I think they pass a law now, and you can sue a family judge, but all the other judges are protected, probate. There you uh, go. My best there my recollection. And there you go. So that yeah. is the bottom line. So you, I'm really attacking the highest level of the legitimacy or illegitimacy of this government. It's really not a democrat. It's not really a democracy, you know, because we are a multiracial society. It, this is really, a, you know, I call it a white majoritarian democracy. You know, I would like to change that. You know, okay? I think it's bad, not just for non-white. It's bad for white people, too. Because I, I told you, if you read this book called The Judicial War on Men, it's written by a white guy criticizing the courts as a instrument against men, mostly white men. So that's what I'm well, saying is that. Mm -hmm, go ahead. For example, the three of the judges in the Milford Courthouse, I think it was effective, but judges were recused because we had a task force on corruption. Who I, I reported them to the DOJ. Everybody was, there were a lot of people, not just me. We had such a corrupt Milford Courthouse where the administrative judge got transferred, two judges got retired, one was relegated to a rent. Minnie Gonzalez on the House Judiciary Committee, I can send you the article, she acted against five of the judges. The problem is Trump got elected, fired Deidre Daly, and then Meany was removed from the House Judiciary Committee. They eviscerated the task force on corruption under Trump. And right now, I've tried to petition the Biden administration through the DOJ, and they're not budging. Even the Inspector General, uh, Robert Devlin, who I've talked to for 25 minutes, sent my corroborating evidence. He knows Deidre Daly, but they're, they're, they protect one another. Do you follow me? Yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, just like your housing level. needs, for your housing needs, I can tell you this. When you reach out to this uh, Connecticut Housing Authority and all that, mm -hmm. remember mm -hmm. this. They are on the same email system. They are on the same well, instant messaging system. Like, they that, can contact. Is, yeah, go ahead. Listen, I've had lawyers who were signed by the court to railroad me, and I managed to fight that off. So tell me. You know, Bill, there's a lot of people who don't like you. I've heard it multiple times. And I said, exactly. well, that's because 
it's the corrupt ones hate me. The good, and I've gotten commendations from good people too. So people exactly. who report exactly. on my behalf. So, exactly. but that's exactly. how it. But the governor's office appoints the judges, and then every eight years they come up for reinstatement. So when mm-hmm. when you fight the judges, you're fighting the executive mm-hmm. branch, judicial branch, legislative branch. The judges represent their policies. This goes like George Collins said: "It's a big club. We're not in it." There you go, bingo, <laughs> bing, bing, bing. Yep. Well. Everyone, thank you so much for making thank my you. first you, uh, episode in, in yeah. the new year a fantastic one. And I truly appreciate, uh, you know, all of you. And, uh, yeah, I hope you'll join me again, uh, you know, uh, next Sunday. Happy New Year, Peter. I like your project. Happy New Year to all of you, Heidi. And, uh, all right, have a great